Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash genre. Over 180,000 titles to choose from from your iPhone, Android, or Kindle. That's audibletrial.com forward slash G-E-N-R-E. Weirdo Bookworms, unite. We want to share our love of genre fiction with you. Some readers out there may look down on you for your love of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy, but not us. So stop by as we discuss what we've been reading. Happy New Year, genre junkies. Happy New Year! So we're at the end of 2018. Hmm, what a year. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a year to be forgotten. The good, the bad, and the ugly pretty much sums it up. You know, have you noticed every single year we all collectively go, wow, this year really was lame. I hope next year is going to be better. And we yeah. see it every year. Yeah. No, I mean, I think every year sucks. There's just because there's good. There's really great, wonderful things that happen in life every year. And there's sucky things that happen. So you just have to be prepared going into it that you're going to have highs and lows. You're going to have good days. Um, you're going to have bad days. And then you'll appreciate your good days. And this has actually been kind of a interesting year for us. We both made career changes this year. Um, some of us not by choice, but I'm happy. Um, we were trying to think of like, you know, some other stuff we could talk about, you know, in like genre related things, video games, movies, TV. And there was like a lot. There's actually almost too much. Yeah, we were having a conversation about talking about some of our favorite genre related movies. And there's a lot of stuff that came out this year. I mean... I guess it's no shock to a, a lot of people who know me. The best movie I saw this year, hands down, new obsession, new favorite in my life, uh, is Hereditary. I still haven't seen it. We need to fix that. Yeah, I, I'm going to fix that real soon. Um, but I'm. it's going to break you a little. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it will. My my Probably my most memorable movie of the year, it would either be Avengers, which I thought was very good. Oh, yeah. Ultron. Uh, yeah. And no, not Ultron. What am I smoking? Yeah. <laughs> was that like four years ago? Yeah, that was a while ago. Although it doesn't feel like Avengers came out this year either or Black Panther for that matter. No, which were both fantastic. But uh, no, it was. Uh, see, now I want to call it Endgame, which is the next one. No, uh, uh, Infinity War. Infinity War. Thank you very much with the fancy glove. Right. It was uh, a movie all about a fancy glove. It yeah, it was all it was all about fashion, really. That was that was the real take home theme of that that story. The but power no, of fashion. What was your, what was your movie you were gonna say? It's probably the a quiet place. Oh yeah, that's a very good one. That one really sticks with me. It was it yeah. was really fun. It was really scary. Um, Haunting of Hill House was like a big thing in my life this year. Yeah, I. It, I don't know if it has stuck with me as much as I thought it would. The acting is really what drew me into it. And that has stuck with me. And that final episode that was like so amazingly choreographed, no spoilers, but I mean, it was like so precisely done. I didn't realize when we were watching it, but I was reading some stuff about it later, is that every single kid in the story, every person is actually a stage of grief. Yeah, it's amazing, right? There's so much, like, there's a lot in there. There's a lot to digest. There's a lot to pick apart. And there's so many hidden ghosts. Did you know about those? Yes, but see, the thing is, is like, I'm trying to avoid a lot of those posts on the internet because I do want to watch it through again. And I want to find a lot of stuff for myself. 
But I know there's there's lots of stuff that you don't get um, in like your first viewing. And even uh, Mike Flanagan, the director, said you should watch each episode back to back before you move on to the next one. Each episode back to back. Like you I'm watch not- episode two, watch episode two again, then go on to three. Oh, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. As opposed to like watching it out of order the second time. No, fool. Like, so you watch. OK, let's say you, you watch episode one. Now, before you go on to episode two, you have to watch episode one again. Oh, so you have to du- double dip every time. Double dip every time. I see how he's setting this up, um, getting those watch numbers up. <laughs> so one of my biggest disappointments is that I haven't gotten to watch The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I have been so hotly anticipating for so long. I know I'm going to love it. I'm sure I'm going to be absolutely obsessed with it. And I'm super bummed that I didn't get to it in a timely manner. Uh, I would say my biggest disappointment is that we haven't seen Solo yet, which is almost offensive that we haven't watched that movie. I'm so offended by us that I forgot that we hadn't seen it. Wow. Yeah, it's, you know, it just it just came out too soon after The Last Jedi, which I do not have as many problems with as many people do. Like but Amanda. It just it just came out so soon afterwards. I just wasn't I wasn't ready for more Star Wars yet. Yeah, I don't I, I mean, I know I'm gonna like it. I like everything Star Wars. Star Wars is so much fun. And, and you know, like, Everybody has their opinions and they're totally entitled to them. And you guys all know if you've been listening to us for a while, we're lifelong since we were little children Star Wars fans. And I think one thing I'm going to bring into 2019 is to stop being so critical of stuff. Like to stop have such stop having like such high expectations of things and picking stuff apart. Not so much books, but um, like TV shows and movies, like just enjoy something. Well, this show has really brought me into that mindset as well. Just the idea that everything that's made, there is an audience for it. And the director has their own view or the writer has their own view. And even if I don't enjoy something, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is bad. I'm also mad that Suspiria, the new one, was not playing anywhere near us, literally. Like, not, I think the closest it was showing near us was like over two hours away. Oh, see. uh, So that's dumb. I, I probably wouldn't have gone to see it with you. So I didn't even realize that. But that's a bummer. So let's talk books. (laughs) Let's do it. Yeah. So we're going to do something a little bit different. I mean, we loved a lot of books this year. We read a lot of great, great books. And as opposed to like rehashing in the typical way, we thought it would be fun to put a little spin on this. So we're going to pick our four most memorable books, the books that stuck with us the absolute most. And for a little fun, we've decided to pair each book with a cocktail. That's right. It's a book and cocktail party. So drink along with us. Yeah. Um, we get, I, I don't, I, we're I don't, not mixing these live on the show. <laughs> we might not yeah. be able to finish the show if we were, but... I'm not a great mixologist. I I mean, I'd like to be, but I think I need like formal training. But uh, I picked drinks that to me also sounded really good, as well as like fit the book. Oh, I, I actually have had all of the drinks that I've chosen. I have not had like two of the drinks that I've ha- that I picked. So should I go first? Let's do one, one, one. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mine are in no particular order. Uh, The first book that has really stuck with me that I read this year is Gwendolyn Gray. 
Uh, that's not surprising at all. That was one of my favorite books of the year, though it's not one of my um, the four that stuck with me, to be honest. It's so rare for a, a middle reader slash YA fantasy series to grab me in the same way that Harry Potter and Rick Reardon's uh, Greek Gods series did. And it just really excited me so much. It was just so fun and so lighthearted while having just kind of a really nice message around it. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm doing this one first because this is my first cheat cocktail. So this is really funny that you're pairing a middle grade book with a alcoholic beverage. Well. That's how we roll around here. Is it alcoholic? I'm pairing it with a Shirley Temple. I want some alcohol in mine. Okay, I can add some vodka. That's no problem. <laughs> no, I like them without alcohol too. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, you know, her fiery red hair just made me think immediately of a Shirley Temple. Plus, she's younger, so isn't really able to drink yet. Uh, the other thing I was thinking, because it's kind of piratey, is maybe a mead or, or, or a grog beer. Oh, that could be cool. And I bet, you know, I bet those underage pirates probably got down on some ale. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a really, really sweet pick. And I'm glad you picked Gwendolyn because she's lovely. Um, My first, you go with the fantasy too, should really come as no surprise, is Two Dark Reigns. Um, you know, I, I had absolutely loved the first book for some stupid reason. I was like, oh, I don't want to be obsessed with this series. That lasted for about five minutes. Um, then I became absolutely obsessed. The novellas, the second book, we've got the next one coming out, getting to freaking interview Kendar Blake. That was a highlight moment of the year for me. I mean, too. all yeah. of our interviews have been amazing, and I'm so grateful for each and every one and all of the books we've been given to read and all the books we chose to read and all these amazing people we've met. But um, that was that was like really cool to like connect with her on that level because I connected so heavily to the book. Um, it's it's everything that I want in my dark fantasy series. It's spoken of my love of sisterhood, of matriarchy, of goddess worship, of strong females. Um, I love Fenburn. I love her sense of place. Uh, I love her writing, her beautiful just characters that feel so authentic. The fact that she created this little island, this world that has such history. It has history, especially if you read the novellas, you get like so much more out of it. And you see how in depth it is. And it's just beautifully, beautifully dark. And of course, my favorite is the poisoners. I'm all about that life. I am a poisoner for life. They're my people. Uh, evil, dirty little people that they are. So my cocktail is called a sweet poison. Ooh, I I've had heard a of very drink. similar drink. Actually, I've had this drink, but a different name. But I like that this one is sweet poison. So it's two ounces of coconut rum, an ounce of light rum, an ounce of blue curacao, and pineapple juice. Ooh, that, that sounds sound very sweet. Yeah, like I know I've had that. It's been called other things, but when I found it as um, sweet poison, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's for me. It's no, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Such a Sandra drink. It really is a Sandra drink. Although, let's be honest, I would get down on that too. Absolutely. Well, all right. My second book this year uh, is a horror novel <gasps> that consists of disgusting. It's probably taken more headspace uh, out of my year than any other book I've read. I think about it often when I eat. I think about it often in my sleep when i'm having nightmares of course the book is the troop 
Spoiler alert, it's one of mine too. So we can talk about it together, I think. Yeah. Uh, How many times have we read a book this year on the show and off the show, and we've compared things to the troupe? We've compared the horror, the gross, twisty gut feeling, that nausea Uh, feeling of the horror in that book. Yeah. It is a a book that that we have held many other stories to. And for that reason, it has to be as a most memorable book. It really is. So not only is it just disgusting and vile, and as I recently told someone I recommended the book to, um, you can't eat before, after, or during the reading of this book. <laughs> so like, you just basically never eat again. So not only is it disgusting, gut-wrenching, but it's um also just an amazing piece of work, too. It did... Like, it did a lot for me. It gripped me emotionally. And it's vivid in its storytelling. Like, I feel like I just put that book down. Like, even though I read it months ago, I feel like it's so fresh with me. And I agree. I think about it all the time. And I compare things to it in my mind all the time. And I'm constantly trying to urge people to read this book. Um, It was just so exciting. I Even though the book flashes back and forth, Uh, between present and past, I still didn't know, like, where this was going exactly. Like, I I didn't fully grasp, even from the dust jacket onward, like, what exactly was going to be in store for me as a reader. And I had to keep reading. Um, like just page after page. I was disturbed. I was moved. I was entertained. I I can't ask for a lot more in a horror novel. So what's your cocktail? My cocktail is a bacon martini. What you do is you cook up some bacon in a skillet. You're going to collect all that bacon fat out. Jen would love this drink. And, right. So you need about two tablespoons of bacon fat to a bottle of vodka. And you're going to mix that together. And you're going to let it sit for mm, about six hours. Then you're going to put that in the freezer to let everything separate and put that through a sieve so that what you're left is bacon-infused vodka. Now you have the base for your martini. You're going to shake that up and chill it, pour that into a martini glass, and garnish with a piece of the aforementioned bacon. Bacon martini. So you know what's funny is the idea of that disgusts me almost as much as the book itself. (laughs) I thought it might. I think that's super gross. Santa doesn't eat hella animals, and she certainly does not eat hella mammals. Um... So uh, you and Jen and the other bacon people of this world would probably love that. It's probably kind of salty and it's dirty. It's a dirty drink you got there. It's it's the real dirty martini. I mean, what do we what do we call? Well, what do we call people? But long pig. <laughs> Good God. Uh, my, my drink. This one took a little bit of research because I wanted to find just the perfect thing. And I found something called a Canadian rock shot. Now, of course, these boys are Canadian, so I wanted to find something nice and patriotic for the kids. And uh, you can, I think people often serve this in big batches and like they serve it in like a bucket or something. And I was like, oh, that's perfect for camping out there and not knowing what in the world is going to come for you and what uh, parasites are going to befall you. So it's all equal parts of vodka, peach schnapps, Jägermeister and cranberry juice. So it is just this bright blood red party drink for all the kids to enjoy. And when I say kids, I mean people over 21. Mm, It sounds it sounds that Jägermeister is really throwing me off. I know, but that's kind of what like because it seems just oh, it's so it's just like a vodka crayon. And then it's like peach schnapps. I love peach schnapps. And then 
you're going to put Jägermeister in that? I mean, it sounds wrong, but this book is also so wrong it's right. I guess it's probably good in the same way that a Jaeger bomb is good, which I used to really get down on Jaeger bombs. Yeah. So okay, I, I can see it. Hmm, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, and we're going to put it in pails, little buckets, and we'll go out camping in the Canadian wilderness, and we're going to hope that we don't get uh, weird stomach worms. You know, it's funny. I totally forgot that they were in Canada. Yes. Hmm. Patriotic drink for the for the troops. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I like your pick better then. <laughs> well, it's not a competition. It's interpretive. What's your next book? Uh, well, that was my that was my second book. Of course, it was your second book too. So I guess okay, yeah, I guess I'll go again. Yeah. Um, so my third book, again in no particular order, was Sea Witch. <gasps> wow! Yeah, I really like fairy tale retellings in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're ki- a little bit of a dirty, guilty pleasure for me. But this one, this one went above and beyond. Just just me liking it because it was a retelling. It's a really strong feminist bent with a with a really fun twist on the origin stories of Urs- the sea witch Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. I really liked the I don't even remember what score I gave it or anything like that, but I think about it a lot after I've read it. I just Aww. I really like the the world that she built even though it's an existing story. She just created this whole this whole setting around her story. I, I just, I really loved it. Talk about a book with a great sense of space. Like, I think we talked about this when we recapped it and in our interview with her, it was like the seat, you could feel like the salty air, like on your face. And like, I just, I felt like I was there. Yeah. So for my cocktail for this, because it takes place in the sea, there really was no other choice but than a salty dog. Look at you. What's in that? I don't know what that is. Uh, Salty dog is um, it's about three parts grapefruit juice to one part vodka or gin. And then you put a whole bunch of salt on the rim. Have you had that? I have. Yeah, it's been a while, but I have had it. It's good. Wow, it sounds really good. And um, I could definitely drink that while reading Sea Witch. So my next book, it's another horror book. Um, This book gripped me. It was painful to put down. It was physically painful for me to put this book down. And that would be The Cabin at the End of the World. Oh, okay. Um, This is another one I think about a lot. I think about this book constantly. I mean, really, that's what makes this the foremost memorable books for us is because we think about them all the time, right? And like, um, you know, even though I've said my piece on the ending of the book, I still think about it all the time. And if I was wrong or right in my choice, like, was that really? Did I, did I, did I pick the right thing that happened at the end of that book? Did they pick the right thing? I don't know. Like, it's filled me with a lot of ambiguity, which I love. I love that. I love turning endings and plots of books over in my mind. Um, It's so disturbing. And it's just this brilliant premise and characters I was so invested in, every character in this book. And another one where I didn't see the plot coming. I didn't know. Like, I I really didn't know, like, where we were going. And not only did it make me scared and horrified, but it made me emotional. That's my favorite type of horror, is something that gets me on, like, all these different type of sensory levels. I want to be scared. I want to be moved. Um, I love it when I can, like, be invested in a story or the characters. And and I certainly was with this. I have to say that story has stuck with me a lot more than I expected it to as well. I, I have really 
really turned around on the ambiguity of the ending. I I have thought of it from time to time and wondered, I wonder which direction the author really meant that to go. The other thing that's really interesting with a little bit of distance from that book is that I, for some reason, think of it as a short story. It's not. It's terrifying and it grips you throughout the whole thing. But at the same time, I don't I don't remember reading that book for a very long time, which is weird. Well, I think it's the page turner element of it. I Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at is that it is it's an exciting and well-written book that the pacing is just so fast that with a little bit of distance, I don't I don't feel like it had been a novel that I had read. So Scott, in the future, getting ready to edit this, get the bleep button ready. All right, I am getting it ready right now. Cue up that bleep button. Now, since this book is about a possible apocalypse, which isn't a spoiler, that's said in the book that this family might need to save the world, but it's still very enjoyable and very beautiful. So I chose an AMF, or an audios motherfucker. <laughs> For those who've not ever had an AMF... It's a good drink. It is a good drink. Uh, You're going to need two ounces of sweet and sour, one ounce of each vodka, rum, gin, tequila, lemon lime soda, and blue curacao. Adios. You gone. Mother. Yeah. (laughs) I I actually like that drink a lot. First of all, perfect name for that. It's kind of like a Long Island iced tea, but sweeter. Better. Way better. Yeah, it's, it's good. I like it. Um, as you can tell from this and from my two dark frames, I love blue curacao. Like if you put blue curacao in like anything, I'm like, oh, I'll try that. <laughs> I wonder why we don't have any in the house. It's probably because it's dangerous. Yeah. It should be a going out treat for me. It should not be something that is within my arm's reach at any given time. Good pick. Good pick. An AMF. AMF. I like that a lot. Thank you. Yep. I thought you'd think that was pretty clever. So my final book for our list of most memorable of the year uh-huh. is another horror novel. What? It is another horror oh novel. Oh my God. I'm shocked. I can't believe we don't have the same pick. And it's really horrifying, scary, fun, has themes from a lot of different uh, books inside and outside of horror. And it's The Forgotten Island. Mm. Mm. Much like The Troop, that book has stuck with me. I am not particularly afraid of spiders. I should rephrase. I did not used to be particularly afraid of spiders. I don't look at them the same way anymore. I don't. I I just don't. <laughs> it, and I think about the dog. I think about that that wonderful dog at the end and what he's doing. And the did pug. he make it? The pug. Yeah. And, and is he going to be in the next book? Because we created this, at least I created this headspace for myself that he is now the skink of that series and yeah, will show up in pug. every we, book. We agreed. Yeah, he's yeah. the final pug. Yeah. I, I just really loved that book. It hey, was Boris, I hope you're listening. Hi, Boris. Yeah, it was so much fun. I don't know why that book stuck with me so much. It's just good. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. That was one of my favorite books of the year. Absolutely. I am gonna name off my other like three or four favorite books after we wrap up this, um, just for funsies. And that one was definitely up there. I had a great, great time reading that book. So what's your cocktail? Oh, right, right. That's a cocktail. Um, So I picked a white spider. Now, what? I've had this once before. What? Yeah, I don't think you'd like it. I, I don't like it already because of the name. Yeah, it's three part vodkas and a half three part vodkas like it's a plural. <laughs> 
three-part vodka. Remember, we haven't actually had any of these cocktails. Yeah, well, I've had this one. No, I mean, like, as we're talking right Oh, now. yeah, right? <laughs> the, the, the stuttering's all me. The, the slurring is <laughs> all me. No, it's uh, three parts vodka, one half part creme de menthe. And it creates this white, cloudy, milky drink. And it's it's actually okay. I like it. But it's called a white spider. And it, that's I thought it, I thought it was appropriate because of the name, because of the look, and because I know you would hate it. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> the name alone uh, fills me with fear. It gives me a quaking. And creme de menthe is probably one of the most like disgusting uh, things I could ever imagine drinking in an alcoholic beverage. I don't do anything creamy in a cocktail. Mm, no, I don't. I don't really drink milk. Uh, uh, let me rephrase. I do not drink milk, and I don't have tons and tons of dairy in my life. Um, but I certainly would not have a milky cocktail. There is another drink that I was researching. I decided not to pick this because I had had everything else that I listed. But there's another drink called a Spider's Kiss. I don't know if you can see it. No, what's this? So you use chocolate syrup to make like a web on the edge of the martini glass. And then there's uh, there's a dash of grenadine at the bottom to give you the red. And then it's a uh, Maduri melon liquor and sky vodka with a squeeze of lemon. It looks very good. I like all of those ingredients. Yeah. And I'll just uh, I'll just bring this over to you right now. It's really pretty. I actually think that sounds delicious, but I, I don't need the chocolate in that. I think the chocolate is more for decoration than anything else. Oh, okay. Okay. But I decided to go with, uh, that was my, that was kind of my runner up drink choice, but I decided to go with something I'd had before. All right. Um, I am, I'm really shocked that that was your pick. I cannot believe we did not pick the same book for my last choice. The Hazelwood. I know. It, the it was. Hazelwood. It was very close to my fourth. I know. This was. If it was five, it would have been in there. Oh, this was all really hard. This was all really hard. But this is what makes it genuine is it's what sticks with you the most. Um, I think about the Hazelwood all the time. Think about it very often. Um, I think we've expressed before, this book meant a lot to both of us. And this book came at a time in the year when I really needed it. And I think you really needed it too. We were like really needed this book. And I'm surprised that this book has had such a polarizing uh, reaction out there. A lot of people liked half of it, um, but they didn't like the other half, or they liked certain things about it, or they liked her writing, but they didn't like the story. I I'm shocked because there was nothing I didn't like about this book. Um, with all these books, there's nothing I would change about the book or my experience with it. Um, this is that dark fantasy, the true spooky fairy tale lore stuff. And it's a portal fantasy, too. Like, those are all some of my favorite words. Um, it's got a compelling lead female who goes on a journey, like, physically and emotionally. Um, and a boy who, if I had been a teenage girl, would totally have been my crush. And then he turns into an age-appropriate man who is now, like, one of my new book boyfriends. So, like, what's not to like about that? Um, I was just very invested. Uh, beautiful, beautiful sense of place. It took me out of my world. And I can't thank that book enough for giving me what it gave me when I read it. 
So you're right. Hazelwood came at the perfect time for me. It was it was a breath of fresh air in kind of just like a little bit of a escape. Yeah, very much so. And and if this was talking about most memorable covers, Ugh. this would be number one on the list. Oh, I do want to talk about covers a little bit. Yeah, me too. But I'll spoil. I'll spoil this one. This was my number one cover. <laughs> It's it's definitely one of mine. The Hazelwood might be one of the books that has suffered for me because it came at the perfect time is that it, it's just encapsulated in that time in my life for some reason that it hasn't the story itself hasn't glued itself to my brain like some of the other books that we've read. I think that it's one of those books that maybe a couple years down the road, I'll be in a low again and I'll just pick it up and read it and just have it lift me out again. Oh, all of these books have high rereadability for me too. And I can definitely see this one especially. Um, So the drink that I found is something that's very similar to one of my favorite cocktails, which is a French 75. Yep. Um, So this is called the Parasol. And it is a champagne cocktail. Well, champagne, it's a sparkling wine cocktail. And um, which is what a French 75 is too. And it is herbaceous and citrusy. And I was like, ooh, I like that. Herby, woody, but like with kind of a tart twist. I was like, okay, I'm picking that up. And of course, it's got three ounces of Prosecco in it. So that's the effervescence. That's the like lighthearted fantasy part of it. And then there's like the rest of it, you know, is like really dark. But there is a sprinkling of beautiful magic in this book. Um, So besides that Prosecco, you also put in one tablespoon of honey, three quarter ounces of lemon juice, a half an ounce of Lilit Blanc, and a half an ounce of St. Germain. And I thought that um, the grandma who wrote the books, you know, she's like this weird aristocrat. Um, I, I think she would have drank in this and they would have had this at her parties. Yeah, this kind of sounds like the uh, the champagne equivalent of a hot toddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sounds delicious. And I want to drink it and read the Hazelwood. So some of my, I don't even want to call them honorable mentions because, God, there was just so many good books this year. But um, four other books that I think about a lot are, as we talked about, The Forgotten Island. Uh, I think about Haunted by Chuck a lot. (laughs) Um, I think about The Good Demon. Um, I think about Furyborn a lot. And I think about Bird Box a lot. Was Bird Box this year? Yeah. With Amy. We had Amy on the show. Yeah. We've had so many great special guests. It's uh, we are beyond fortunate with our guests and our interviews. Well, Bird Box might have made it if I remembered that we had read that this year. (laughs) Um, That might have made it to the top. So I'll put that as an honorable mention for myself as well. Okay, why not? Uh, Another book that I feel has is is done a disservice by us having read it so late in the year is Select and Select Few. Mm. I loved those books so much. And I didn't feel comfortable putting them in my most memorable this year. For some reason, in my head, it made sense because I haven't had that distance from it yet to have it continually come up in my mind grapes. But I think I think we may revisit that one next year and I'm going to come back and give it the due that it deserves because I think that that's one that's going to stick with me. Um, Another one that stuck with me is Children of Blood and Bone. Oh, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Oh, it's a great book. It didn't do anything that really drove into my head. It didn't do anything that has stuck with me long term, but I really enjoyed it. I really am excited to read the second book in the series. I know there's a little bit of drama there, but I'm 
I'm down. I'm oh, excited. Who? Yeah. Put any any drama aside. Doesn't matter. It's a fantastic book, and um, I can't wait to read more works by her. More in this series. It was just yeah. It was just a super enjoyable book. And then one more book that I have really liked more the longer it's aged in my head is Head On. I really liked that book. Yeah, it was I good. really liked the world that he created there, and I still need to go and read the first book in the world it's not really a series yeah because i I just liked the way that it was built and i want there i I can't wait for the third one if there is going to be a third one i I really liked it yeah that's pretty cool um let's briefly touch on i won't even call it a worse book but i think it's allowed to be a disappointment my biggest disappointment of the year was the hunger that was incredibly disappointing. I think you will understand that that is not my number one biggest disappointment. But uh, what did you find disappo- disappointing about the You hunger? know, honestly, it's like we talked about and there was stuff that didn't work for us. Like, you know, personally, I'm like a storytelling as a reader, what you like level. But um, I think for me, I just, I just, it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And sometimes things work out that way. And it's not that it's a bad book. A lot of people love that book. Man, a lot of people love that book. And I I hear it's been optioned for a movie. I mean, everything gets optioned, right? But um, I think it'd be a great movie. I'm not, you know, like down with her as an author or anything on the Katsu. But it's, it just wasn't what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be um, something that was more visceral and it didn't elicit that from me. So I think that's really what's most disappointing about it. It was real. It was written as a historical fiction with a with a fantastical horror element also thrown into it. Was like it, a smattering, which just kind of broke it a little bit too much. And it it weirdly depressed me too. Yeah, it was like weirdly upsetting, but not like in a good horror way. Just like in a finding this upsetting sort of way. Well, my my most disappointing book of the year was the Area X series. <laughs> Leave Area X alone. Surprising no one. No. Uh, It just didn't work for me. It was meandering and... For me, it it I don't want to say the book was pointless because that's 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 a real attack right there. Oh no, and because and okay, well my I don't want to say my rebuttal, but my re- my rebuttal to that is I love that series and I got a lot out of it. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't want to I don't want to say that that the book is bad, but it disappointed you. For me, it it held no purpose. It held no lasting value for you. Yeah, which is sad. And I'm, I'm so but one of my biggest happiness moments is the fact that I did not read the third book and found out that I was absolutely vindicated for myself in doing so. Yeah. And that's the last time that's ever going to happen, too. <laughs> so we we're talking about book covers, too. Um, yeah. Hazelwood. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely up there. Um, loved, loved that book cover. And there's like some little illustrations in the book too, like at the title, uh, I mean, at the chapter titles and stuff. And uh, oh, it's just so beautiful. And I can't wait for the paperback to come out because there's going to be more stories. So got to get that. Uh, at least I, that's what I believe is going to be more stories. Um, I also really loved the campfire cover. 
I talked about that a lot in the episode. Beautiful cover. I also loved uh, the Children of Blood and Bone cover. Super gorgeous. As far as books we read this year, it really captivated me. Um, I read a short story collection called The Talking Board outside of the podcast. Beautiful Ouija board design on that from Word Horde Press. Um, yes, I-, I love a good cover. I know you can't judge a book by it, but it helps when it's pretty. My most disappointing cover was the Cabin at the End of the World cover. I I I don't like that cover. It does nothing for me. It's very bland. It's not even bad. It's just boring. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Maybe it's supposed to lull people in with like they think it's like a quaint like contemporary fiction uh piece, and then they get blindsided. And uh, yeah. You named pretty much all of my favorite covers. I have to say that uh, even though I didn't read the book, Haunted has an excellent cover. I really oh, like the love design that cover. Of that. Yeah. And I really liked. Again, the Forgotten Island. Oh, yeah. It's just so classic and campy, but it's not so over the top that it doesn't work. It's just fun. Sea Witch has a great cover, too. Oh, you're right. I forgot about... You know what? Actually, Sea Witch... Sea Witch is probably in my top three for covers. It's, yeah, it's, up there it's with really Hazelwood. good. It's really pretty. So, um, hey, you know what's funny is we set book goals last year. Oh, no, we did. I bombed. I bombed too. Yeah, and um, <laughs> it just didn't happen. I was supposed to. I was supposed to read more Charles Dickens. I was supposed to read the Moby entire Mayfair Witch Chronicles again. I was supposed to read Slaughterhouse Five. I was supposed to read Moby Dick. Um, supposed to read Jack Ketchum. Yeah, bombed. I bombed out. Didn't do any of those things. Well, one of the big things that hurts us is we don't get the same lunch breaks that we used to. Yeah. And it's amazing how much time that really cuts out of reading time. Yeah, that's true. I liked having that dedicated like hour to read every day. Um, But you know what? So I do still have book goals. Um, They're kind of different, though. These are two long range goals that I want to do. Uh, I want to build up my Stephen King collection. I've read... You know, nearly everything he's written, but a lot of stuff I got from the library and I have a lot of mismatched books and, you know, a lot of them that have like they were used when I got them and they've like disintegrated to nothing. So what I want is to eventually collect every Stephen King book in like a really beautiful, engaging cover that I like. And there's a lot of them out there. Some people, you know, they do like all one like cover art collection. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do that or if I'm going to mix and match a little bit. But I want a really just beautiful Stephen King shelf to look at. And I want to do the same with Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicle books because that's the same story because I've been reading them for so long that it's like I just want a nice, beautiful collection of those books as well. My goal is actually very similar. I want to curate uh, my collection of books. I want to donate more books to people who will read them. We do donate a lot of books, people. We do donate a lot of books, but a lot of books I haven't been able to give up, even though I'll maybe never read them again. Doesn't matter. They're staying. I know. I I want to curate it, and I want to create my own shelf, alphabetized, maybe in order of, maybe in order of, of, color of the cover, maybe in order of genre, something. I wanted like a nice curated mini library for myself. Is there some specific things you need to acquire that come to mind right away? There's a lot of Orson Scott Card books that I need to recollect. Yeah, everybody knows Orson Scott Card is the 
trash by a human being, but he's a good writer, and Scott's been reading him since he was a little boy, so don't add him. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, he, his books, not the author, but his books have a special meaning for me. It, it, it really is what got me into reading. He's a great, and, great writer. And some of them haven't aged very well, and some of them have aged incredibly well. Yeah. And it just, for me, I'd like to to really have a collection of those. Um, Maybe those you will get secondhand, so you don't have to give him any new money. <laughs> oh, oh, 100%. I, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm not going to buy brand new. Uh, I want to, we, we have all of the Harry Potter books, but they're not all matching. No, we got to fix that. I really want a matching set and not necessarily, not, I mean, actually one of the, one of the box sets is fine, but I kind of like those those illustrated ones. Yes. I would love to have a full collection of those. Yeah. That's a good point. We we need to fix that. That's something that's lacking. In all of those books that I mentioned that I didn't read, I do still want to read and I have every good intention of doing that, but you know, we'll see. And then as far as what I want like actually reading books, one of my goals this year is to read 6 short story collections. Full short story collections. I'm just going to read short stories in between reading our regular books. And yeah. my goal is to read a full short story collection one one every two months or so. What genre? Everything? Anything? Everything. Everything and anything. Wow, that's a really good goal. There's a lot of really great discovery that can be made on authors. Uh, I mean, really reading this, uh, this, this last one for Christmas was... God, was, that was so good. It was really good. And there's a lot of authors that I really want to get to know better. And I want to read more of their work. And it's a great way to just see ideas, things that necess- that, that haven't that haven't been fleshed out yet, things that haven't been perfected or 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 stretched out into feature into full length that's unique and original. Yeah, the short story is a format that I hold very dear as well. I love short story. And um I I read more than you do of them. I I have a few you can start with some horror collections for sure that you have not caught up with yet. Um I I love when you can tell a story so succinctly and to the point. Um there's just so much room there. Same thing in a short film as well, especially horror short films. So one more thing uh I kind of want to talk about before we let everybody go and 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 wish everybody a great 2019 is I kind of want to talk about what our plans for the podcast are for 2019. Sure. Uh, So we've had a few people request that we open up a Patreon, and we are going to do that. Yay. It's uh, it's something that, that we've gone back and forth on for a while. We feel weird asking for money. Give us your money. But there's some really great people out there who have said, hey, please open up a Patreon. So, okay, we're going to do it. And it's one of those things like all of our Patreon money is going to go directly back into our show. It's going to go in there to buy books, buy more and better equipment. Like, it's not like for a vacation. I need to buy two turntables and a microphone. No, I... <laughs> I, I I mean, we do need we need a new recording set up to improve our uh, to improve my editing life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a few little odds and ends here will be subscriptions for different applications that I use for editing the show. Yeah, it's just stuff like that, people. It's just stuff like that. So thank you for all of your support out there. And we will be getting on that very soon. If you guys have any ideas for what you'd like to see in tears, we have a few ideas ourselves. But yeah. 
go ahead and shoot us an email at podcast at genre junkies.com. Uh, we'd like or to hear from media, you. Or social media. Or social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter. Twitter although we don't respond as much on Twitter because that's me. <laughs> it's all Scott. I don't get into that realm. Um, oh, and we have our phone, like our phone number. That's right. 929-GO-GENRE. You can leave us a message anytime. Yeah, that that would be so fun. We love, we love that. We've already gotten a couple and we want more of them. We can do that anytime. And look forward to more author interviews, mm-hmm. more exciting new upcoming books, and mm-hmm. as well as some retreads. We've already scheduled out our first couple of months of this of the year. Oh yeah, we're always working. We're working hard for you, genre junkies. Well, Scott, I guess we should say our goodbyes. I thought you were gonna say au revoir. Oh <laughs> au revoir. Um, let's see. I wish everybody a healthy and happy 2019. Um, remember that we all go through hard times and rough patches and to reach out when you need help and to enjoy every small moment and every wonderful thing and to have gratitude and to get out in nature more, um, you know, and enjoy your life because sometimes it's real hard to be a human. But we all love you. We love you. So, yes, um, I wish everyone a happy and healthy 2019. Um, I, I hope that I hope that all of you reach out to your friends, find love this season, find love throughout the year. Yeah. And just remember that there are people who love you. And adopt pets. Adopt, don't shop. Please spay and neuter your pets. Yes, all those things. Well, that too. Yes. Yeah. Um. All right, guys, we'll talk to you in 2019. So until then, please keep reading past your bedtime. Mm-hmm.